0: Hey, Um, it is great to be here with you tonight. For those of you that are healthy and not sick, unlike my wife. I know. That is exactly how I felt about last night when we were originally planning to co-preach this message. And she got home actually in the afternoon and she was, you could just see it on her face, like she was feeling rough. And we're praying, you know, Lord, Healer tonight so we can both preach tomorrow, and you know, sometimes that just doesn't happen, and that's okay. So she is resting at home and uh, sends her, well, wishes, and I would love to preach this method with her, but uh, you've got just me tonight, so we're going to make it work and go through as originally planned. So, hey, if you weren't here last week, we are in a series called God Wisdom. See it behind me? Great. Um, and last week, we started talking about wisdom as it pertains to dating, which is really, really cool. Um, and last week, Katie looked at sort of two questions as it pertains to dating. She looked at the why do we date and who should we date. and. To give you like the short summary, if you weren't here, I would again encourage you to go back and listen, if you weren't. We um, upload all of our messages and sermons to our podcast on Spotify or jmusa.com. So if you didn't know that, go check it out. It is a great resource. Um, Send it to someone in your core group who's not here tonight, um, once this is uploaded later in the week. But um, to kind of summarize what Katie talked about in the who and why of dating, when it comes to why, the big takeaway there was, why do we date? We date to? Mary. Yeah, all right, good, good. You're with me, you're with me, great. We date to Mary. So we, shouldn't date, we should date with intention to marry. That is the goal. And in talking about the who we should date and looking for potential partners and things to look for in them, um, some of the things that she mentioned was finding a person who fears the Lord. Come on, that was a good one right there. A person who fears the Lord, a person you love being around, right? Hopefully everyone, you're like, okay, I got that. That's very helpful in marriage and relationships, yep. And also a person of noble character. Um, And Katie elaborated a lot more on relationships, and even talked about marriage, so again, would recommend you go back to that if you weren't here. Um, But tonight, as we continue for the last part of the sort of series within a series on dating, tonight, we're going to look at the when of dating. So when might a wise or ideal time be for you to date? And then we're also going to look at the how. We're going to be really practical and talk about our top 10 pieces of advice and wisdom when it comes to dating with intention. And so we are super excited. I'm super excited for this. I hope you are too. Um, and again, Julia would have been here and would have been right beside me. Would have probably been on like a some chairs and a table. Would have been really cute just having a conversation. But it's a little bit different. So, table that for another time. But uh, we do have a picture of our first uh, date. Wow. <laughs> I yes, quite the uh, wide variety of emotions and responses. Uh, if you need me to send you the photo instead of taking it up there, you can look at my Instagram where we can, yeah. Um, so this would have been the summer after my freshman year at UVA. Go Hoos. Um, and if you can't tell by our red faces, we just hiked three miles up a mountain, right? So we were a little sweaty a little grody, we weren't picture perfect, and it was great. Um, This was the Carbons Cove Overlook behind us in Roanoke. If you're ever down that way, would highly recommend you hike it. Beautiful trail. Um, This was our first date, if you would call it that. More on that in a little bit. Um, Before we get into talking about the the how and the when of dating, I think it's good to answer a question that um, someone brought forth in the Instagram responses um, as we had the question up there for a day. We won't answer all of those, but some of those answers will be woven throughout the message, but uh, one person asked, is it wrong to not date or to not ever want to get married? And my response to that would be, it is totally fine and okay to not get married, to not date that God's Word has a lot of really great things to say about singleness, how it can allow for someone to be more devoted and focused on God's work and their life in the world. Um, The Apostle Paul speaks very highly, even calls singleness a gift. Um, The view of singleness that we see in Scripture is very positive. And whether one desires to be single for life, or maybe just in the current season of life and singleness, Wisdom would encourage you to make the most of your singleness by pursuing God extravagantly. You don't have to date someone um, to find happiness or or to be filled with love and joy, right? Um, Oftentimes when we're looking for the things that only God can give us to those depths, um, we try to find it in things outside of Him and it only leaves us dissatisfied and wanting more there are some things to that level of love and joy that only God can give us and so it's totally okay to not date or to not ever get married if that is your desire or something you're thinking about but because we mentioned last week that the goal in dating should be to pursue marriage logically that would mean if you aren't ever planning on getting married you probably should not date right it seems pretty obvious, put one and two together, right? But you know, it would be surprising. I know people in my food. who, they're like, yeah, I don't think I ever want to get married, and yet they're in a dating relationship. And yeah, it's uh, just kind of a head scratcher. But uh, anyways, as we move along, just wanted to get that question out of the way. That is totally fine. But regardless of whether you date um, and marry someday or not, most of you in this room will one day be married. Um, And whichever kind of camp or category you find yourself in, tonight's message should matter to all of us, right? Some of you in this room have just started recently dating, Um, right? You know who you are, and so a lot of this information will be really relevant to you. And you're like super excited, maybe you're dating for the... Everyone's like looking around, like, you know, like, multiple people here, don't worry. One of them is in DC, but you know what it happens.
1: Um,
0: So some of you recently started dating, there's a lot of excitement, a lot of new things that you're considering, and it is super, super encouraging. Um, So a lot of this information will be relevant to you as you desire to be intentional in your relationship. Some people in this room have been dating for quite a while we see something? No, I'm just kidding. Um, and so some of the advice that you hear tonight can be helpful for you as you continue to grow in your relationship. Hopefully you are not content with how well you know each other or even yourself in that relationship, that you have a desire to continually get to know each other more and more. Some of you in this room uh, are actually engaged, which congrats to you by the way. Uh, see Morgan here, but you know, I had had a couple in mind. Um, And so congrats. Um, It could be easy just to say to yourself, like, hey, I've already got this down pat. Like, this doesn't apply to me, so I'm going to head to the door and check out early tonight. But to you, I would say that a lot of this information we're going to look at tonight is still very relevant to you, even as you prepare to be married. And also, chances are that Even if you're engaged, even if you're married, even if you're dating or none, chances are you still have friends around you in your life who are or will be dating, and a lot of this advice can be things that you can pass on to them as a friend who cares for them and their relationships, right? And then lastly, again, for those who are single and maybe not even considering marriage right now or at all, you again probably have friends in your life who would benefit from sharing some of these tips and advices that we'll share tonight. So just wanted to speak and let you know draw you all in that this is important, that this is relevant to all of us in some way, shape, or form. And lastly, before we jump into the top 10, it is helpful to clarify what do we mean by dating? There are so many different ideas and images and things that come to our mind when we talk about dating. Is it going on dates? Is it actually being in an exclusive relationship with someone? The definition that we're going to work with for dating is this one. A dating is a stage of relationships in which two individuals spend time together with the intention of evaluating each other's suitability as a life long partner, a.k.a. with the intention to marry. So if you need to write that down, if you need to pull out your journal or even phone and jot a lot of notes, we're going to go through the top ten, and there's going to be a lot of information to take down tonight. So I'd invite you to do that. We'll also look at some scriptures that are helpful and relevant on this, but honestly, the Bible does not say a lot of things specifically on dating. Maybe that is obvious to you, maybe that is surprising to you, but actually the way in which relationships worked in the ancient Near East, in which most of the Bible concerns itself with, dating was not common at all. Our our perception of dating and their perception of relationships and what it looked like leading up to marriage was very different that yes, they had a lot of intention in the decisions they made, but oftentimes relationships and marriage were really negotiated amongst families and uh, did not look like dating at all. It was actually closer to an engagement right from the start, which is probably really crazy, you might think, but honestly, it would make things easier sometimes if we still did those things that way. But anyways, that is to say that we'll, we'll quote scripture. Scripture has a lot to say about marriage, has a lot to say about relationships, but specifically dating, not so much. Great, so let's jump into the top 10, shall we? Drum roll, please. Number one, when should we date? While different for everyone, wisdom would say to date at a time where you can see yourself married in the next season of your life. Where you can see yourself married in the next season of life. What does that mean? Well in the near future and i don't want to put a time on it it could be one to three years it could be more than that probably not so much though but in the near future in the next season of life could you see this and some questions that would be helpful to ask yourself as you are considering the win and thinking about dating again we're talking more specifically about dating right now than marriage but in this why do i want to date right now is it to feel valued and loved Is it to feel validated because I have this need to feel so? Or is it because I'm ready to find my future partner? Jesus invites us to find our identity, joy, and satisfaction in him. He says that I have come so that your joy may be complete. And when we try to find our identity, our joy, our satisfaction in things other than Jesus, we will come up short and be unsatisfied every time. But when we date out of a place of, I'm ready for this next season of life, rather than I need to feel valued or loved, it takes so much pressure off you and your potential partner. You know what I mean? Like, you're not relying on that person to fill all of the void in your life that only God can truly fill and satisfied, right? And that is really kind. Sometimes we enter into relationships with too much of an expectation, not enough enough, uh, dependency upon the Lord, where it's like, this person can become our God. This person can become the greatest and highest affection. And that is not what wisdom would suggest for our relationships. Right? That you are so much more than who you are dating or who you are when you're dating someone. Your value and identity is in the inherent truth that you are created in the image of God. Your identity, first and foremost, is settled on the cross, and that you are a beloved child of God. And I would also say that if you're deciding to date out of a place of, I need to feel loved or valued, maybe wait a little longer. Grow in finding your identity in Christ, grow in learning who you are outside of a romantic relationship. Grow in Christ centered community like the one you find yourselves in, who will love you and help you pursue Jesus. Proverbs 31, verse 10, I think 11 as well, yeah, says, A wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. This verse speaks to um, the value of having a partner who is noble in character. Which is great, right? We talked about that last week. Katie alluded to that. She shared that last week. But this also implies that we should be of noble character ourselves. And we should be that wife, or we should be that husband of noble character. And something that's helpful for us in singleness or preparing to date is this, that we should focus on becoming the right person before you focus on finding the right person.
1: There ah. yeah. was. Focus
0: on becoming the right person before you focus on finding the right person. Right? We all have something of, of a list that we're looking for in a potential partner or we've at least thought about, and, and chances are, with the type of, of person and standards we have for ourselves, the person that we're hoping or thinking about dating will also have pretty high standards and a list of their own. And so in your season of singleness, what if you were to take time to work on yourself first? Right? For instance, if you're still looking at pornography, please do not date right now. It is not helpful for you. It won't be helpful for the person you're dating. And this will cause you to objectify or lust after this potential partner. And it will make it just very near impossible to really have a healthy and God-honoring relationship. If that's you, take time to work through that with the Lord before jumping into a relationship. right? If you're recovering from a recent breakup, you should probably take some time to process and, and heal from that emotionally and, and mentally before jumping into another relationship. right? There's all sorts of circumstances in which we find ourselves where okay, maybe we should actually take some time to focus on ourselves first and then enter into a relationship out of a place of great health. If the purpose of dating is to eventually get married, it's necessary to recognize that when you start dating someone um, and eventually may get married to them, your own flaws as well as your partner's flaws will be magnified. Sometimes it's like looking in a mirror and you're like, ah, you do this thing that really, really annoys me. And it's like, oh wait, that annoys me because I'm literally seeing myself in you. I'm annoyed with myself more than I am at you. Like, what in the world? Sometimes marriage is holding up a mirror and showing you your own flaws and the own things that you need to work on. And so what you struggle with in your singleness will not magically go away when you start dating someone or get married. As nice as it would be, just a wave of wand. boom, it does not work. Okay, so that was number one. Number two. Second tip and advice for dating, leading up to dating would be this, to be friends with the opposite sex, right? Like it, it, again, maybe this seems obvious to you, maybe it doesn't. Uh, oftentimes we kind of have this misconception, it's like, no, guys and girls, like, they can't be friends with each other, and it's like, why, why do we say that? Why does society teach that? Proverbs 27, verse nine says, perfume and incense bring joy to the heart. And the pleasantness of a friend springs from their heartfelt, heartfelt advice. Um, what's helpful and in, in part of throughout this conversation, Julia and I were going to share our story. I will still share that. It's just to only have my side of things. So you may have to have her fill in some gaps because her long-term memory is definitely way better than mine. Don't know why, but it is. Um, so at times time, we'll fill in our story and kind of share a little bit of that. And so for us, we were friends before we started dating, which is really cool. Actually, our cousins were dating each other at first. Um, and oh, 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 oh. Listen, listen, they did not date for a long time. And my cousin is happily married now, which is great. Not to Julia's cousin, before. they broke up, which happened, but we'll get to that. But our cousins were dating, and that's not why I met Julia. Like I just started going to a different church uh, after my freshman year of college, and Sierra, my cousin, said, "Hey, you should come to this church. Like they really love the Holy Spirit. Like I've been talking about Holy Spirit's work in my life, and so went there. Like got really involved with the church, and met Julia even later on. So that was really cool. Uh, but we'd hang out with friends from church. We'd go hiking. We'd have dinner and, and meals together, like in in friend group settings, and so. It is great to have friendship, to be in community with people of the opposite sex. Surround yourselves with friends who will be pleasant, give heartfelt advice, godly advice, and have a diverse group of friends. Right? You don't have to use dating to get to know someone. Right? Oftentimes in movies and shows we see people like use dating where it's like, wow, this is the first time you've like ever met face-to-face or you've ever met someone. And while that does happen and can happen, it is not necessarily a bad thing, I want to just speak to the reality that it is okay to be friends with someone for a while before you start dating. Like get to know someone for who they are. You can go get coffee or lunch with someone just to hang out and get to know them. You can build healthy relationships with people of the opposite sex. Not everyone who asks you to coffee or lunch uh, may be asking you on a date. Okay? It's good to be clear if it is a date, but not everyone who's being nice to you is necessarily flirting with you. Sometimes he's just really a nice guy. Sometimes she's just a really nice girl. Not everyone of the opposite sex who's nice to you is trying to flirt with you. Just, Just throwing that out there. It is okay. Oh, you're good, you're good, I'm with you. Hey, um, I also just wanna speak briefly, or Julia wants to speak briefly, I'm speaking for her about that, but um, to, to also think about dating apps, right? Like um, there are different apps that have different purposes and you probably know what those purposes are, right? There are apps out there that are designed to help you find someone who may be interested in dating. Um, maybe Hinge is one of those. Um, there, are da- there are apps that may be suggested as dating apps like Tinder that are really just a hookup app, right? Um, there may be other apps that are more of like the, hey, you can get to know someone and maybe it's gonna be a relationship or maybe it's just fun to talk like Bumble from what I've heard, I don't know. I've very little familiarity with these apps and so sort them. With that, you may know more information, you can fill in the gaps, but that is to say, if you are using apps to find potential partners or to communicate with people, um, it's good to ask yourself, like what are the majority of the people on this app here for? And is this app going to make it easier or harder for me to find someone with similar values and morals? Am I going to find someone on this app who fears? Boy, who is fun to be around, who is of noble character. Circle back to the questions we were talking about last week. So, number two, be friends with the opposite sex. That is totally okay and a great thing to do. It doesn't have to be weird unless you make it weird. So don't make it weird. Great. Alright, third point is this. Be intentional. Come on. So what's the point in dating? Wisdom, um, with the uh, learned this word for the first time last year in core group. I knew it would be a very charged word. We'll say who taught me that, but core group last year. Wisdom so. um, says, date to simply have fun. Date to avoid boredom, to find validation, to find attention, to have sex. But wisdom says date to marry. Be intentional. Now this isn't to say that you have to decide after the first date whether you want to marry this person or not, okay? That's not what I'm trying to say here. So breathe a a sigh of relief. But it is to say that as you date someone, You should consider and come back to this question frequently. Could I see myself marrying this person someday? And if your answer to that question, and hopefully it's a yes for you, Ashlyn. uh, (laughs) And if your answer to that question ever clearly becomes a no, then you should just break up right just just rip off the band and just break up and get it over with more on that in a bit we'll get to breakups in a bit right but we should be intentional both in the when we start dating as we talked about earlier but also in the how when julia and i started dating um we discussed and had a conversation where we talked about like what is the vision for our relationship and we were both clear that we one day wanted to marry someone and that as long as we were still dating and that signified to the other person that we were considering that that person could be our spouse. Um, and so, again, that's not to say you have to start planning your wedding from day one. Please don't. But it is to say that you should make sure your goals in dating are the same. Don't just assume they are the same. Actually make sure they're the same. Again, I mentioned this earlier, there's no one in the room. I won't give any examples that pertain to people in the room, specifically in mine, but I know someone that has been dating someone for quite a few years, and one of the individuals in that relationship is still not sure if they want to get married. Um, And one of the issues and complications there is they are engaged. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: um, and and it's not it's not just like oh I don't know if I want to get married to this specific person though they may have said yes already but it's it's like I don't know if I want to get married at all, and so again I'm not trying to cast judgment this is a dear friend of mine, um, which I had wish I had more influence to speak into her life in kind of a loving and corrective way but that is to say is that this happens is that sometimes people say things and make decisions that they may not actually believe or want to follow through with. So, let's be clear to like state what our goals, what our intentions, what our hopes for are in our relationships. We can't just assume the other person is on the same page, because they may well not be. Great. Um, this brings us to our next point. Number four, clarity is kindness. The need to DTR which means define the relationship yes if it's a date if you're asking someone on a date call it one hey I view this as a date no one wants to be that person who's like on a date but they're like is this a date or is this not a date and speaking from mine and Julia's story, I could have definitely done better about this on our first date, which you saw a lovely picture of that we don't need to throw up again. But um, and so, uh, Um... And so I don't remember all the specificity here. Again, I wish Julia was here to share a little bit more details. But I ended up asking her to go on a hike and. I thought I was clear that that was a date, but maybe it wasn't very clear to her. So that was on me, right? Um, And then we had a great time. It was a lot of great conversations up and down that mountain. We rolled the cookout afterwards, which is great. Got some sweet tea. I love like post-hiking. Did I? Of course I paid. Yeah, it was a date, right? Right. But I could have been more clear. Paying's not enough. and so we like run into, we run into some friends of hers there. And she's like, oh, hey, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, who's this? And she's like, that's Hunter. You know, and it's like, there's nothing else there because she doesn't know like, are we just friends? Like, are we date on a date? You know what I mean? So it was like a really weird, awkward moment. And so that is to say, learn from my mistake. If you are asking someone on a date, let them know it is a date. Clarity is kindness and it is wise. No one wants to be that person who is unsure. Are we just hanging out or is this actually a date? What is the purpose of this hangout, of this dinner, whatever that would be, right? Um, We've already kind of talked a little bit about what dating means, um, but all sorts of questions can come to mind, right? Like, does it simply mean that we're going on dates? Does dating mean that we're like partners or boyfriend and girlfriend or whatever? Hey, we've been going on a few dates, but we haven't like put like labels on things yet. So what does that mean, right? Then your friends start asking you and you're like, well, no one wants to be that person. Um, where I'm calling Julia, my girlfriend, and she's calling me just her friend. Again, that didn't happen to us. It didn't happen to us because the moment after we got back to her house from that hike, we DTR'd. We were in the car and I was like, hey, I like you. I think you really like me, we should make this thing exclusive. I just, I just called it like I see, you know, I can meet people fairly well. If I would have been wrong, that's great. Um, but that's just kind of how it went, and we were like, all right, let's make this thing official. We're boyfriend and girlfriend, like, we're on the same page. And so, though it started with a little bit of uncertainty, we, we DTR'd at the end of that first date, and it was great. Now, that isn't to say that just going on one date, you have to define the relationship after that, right? For some people that might happen after like two or three dates, but if you're on date number nine and ten and haven't like defined things, that, that may be tough, right? There is no formula, there's no like magic number, but I would encourage you to define the relationship as soon as it is helpful and as soon as you are certain that you would like to move forward and be exclusive in dating this individual. Does that make sense? Nice, great. Cool. The finding a relationship is an important step to take. Um, that timeline, again, will differ couple to couple, situation to situation, but clarity is kindness. Great. Um, and then, great, we'll move on to the next step. Hey, lost in the notes here. Great. Um, so, step number five is spend time together both one on one and with others. And this may seem obvious to you, but it's often not that simple or straightforward, um, that we should balance our time well between going on dates, just the two of you, um, doing things each of you like. Um, And sometimes couples will spend so much time at group settings that they don't actually allow themselves time to get to know each other like one on one, It's like have deep and meaningful conversations. And hopefully those things will take place with but sometimes couples can just spend so much of their time together around other people that like, it can just be something that's not as helpful for them to actually discern, could this be a suitable, lifelong partner for me? Um, and then other couples may swing to the entirely other extreme where they're only spending all of their time together. Like they don't make any time for their other friends or there's never a space where they can hang out together with any mutual friends or or her friends and his friends or or whatever that might look like. And so I would encourage you to balance that time well. It doesn't have to be 50-50. But make sure that uh, wisdom would say that as you are dating you should spend time together alone, one-on-one. Sure, but also to spend time with others. This can include your family, right? Depending on where you live. Um, Julia and I um, met in Roanoke. We dated distance while I was in college, but our families lived about 30 minutes apart from each other. Um, And so we would spend time with each other's family, and that was really great. Um, So go on double dates. like Go hang out with a group of friends. That can be really fun and helpful as you're getting to know each other and building a relationship. But it's also important to get to know each other one on one. I will say, from mine and Julia's experience, We spent a lot of time in the beginning of our relationship with her family. Um, We did have time uh, one-on-one, like that hike, and the cookout trip, and Bojangles, and all sorts of other fun shenanigans and things like that, Uh, love good old fried chicken, but but honestly we spent too much time with her family. and that is not me saying that. That would be Julia saying that. This would be her portion of the notes. It literally says her name, Julia. Um, and I'll tell you why that was an issue in a little bit later. Um, but before we get to that, the sixth step is to pursue Jesus together. Come on. you're like, Right? Go to church together, read the Bible together, have deep and meaningful conversations about faith and your relationships with God. If you're dating in Chi Alpha, a great question to ask your partner is what's about you at TNL this week? What did you learn at Core Group? How was the discussion? What is God speaking to you? Julia and I went to church together over the breaks when I was back home, and we had a lot of great, uh, meaningful conversations pertaining to, yes, that message on Sunday, but often the other things we were doing in and around the church as well um in addition uh, aside from church julia and i would read the bible together pretty much weekly like anytime i was home for more than just a weekend uh, and even many of those weekends too but like over the summer and winter breaks like we'd go through ephesians we'd go through james we'd go through the gospels together um, and we would just read the word together we'd pray together we'd talk about what god was doing in our lives and it was really really sweet um Gary Thomas, author of Sacred Marriage, which is a really great book about kind of God's plan and vision for marriage, he says and writes about the idea that God's primary plan for marriage isn't to make us happy, but to make us holy. Yeah. Yes, happiness should be part of marriage and part of your dating relationship, but growing in holiness together is the most important part of marriage as you pursue God's Together. But you don't need to wait until you're married to pursue the Lord together. Invite Him into the, the season of dating. And because God wants to play such a, a pivotal and central part of our relationships, another piece of advice I would give is, is like within the top 10, it's not like its own category, is this that I, I would discourage you from missionary dating. Missionary dating is this idea um, that you would date uh, an unbeliever, someone who doesn't know the Lord, with the desire to introduce them to Jesus. Um, And as noble as that desire may be, wisdom just would not suggest this. Um, As Christians write, God should be our greatest love and highest priority in our lives, and with an unbeliever, that just won't be the case. Missionary dating doesn't often work out the way in which people would hope that it would and will actually often, more often than not, cause the believer to fall away as opposed to causing um, the unbeliever to come to faith. There are exceptions, of course, and so, like, don't, don't be mad at me, like, there are exceptions that can work out, but we're again talking about what does wisdom say? What would wisdom suggest? And more often than not, from my own friends and people around me, and perhaps many people in your lives, as I've seen people do this missionary dating, which no one actually like, calls it that when they're doing that, you know what I mean? But it's just the label we give to it. Um, it often just doesn't work out very well at all. Um, it often leads to uh, unhealthy compromise and may even be harmful to one's faith. So again, would not recommend that. Um, and so if you're dating a believer, that's great. Like that's, that's one sort of box to check, but here's another question you should ask yourself are we burning at the same temperature right are we burning at the same temperature in our faith are we equally on fire for the lord or close to that right um man like i've heard stories of people who were called to the mission field and had like a very clear prompting and calling of that but they were in a dating relationship with someone who was a believer, which is good, but that person had no interest and no hope, no expectation or desire to go to the mission field. And in many of those stories I've heard, it's been the person with the calling who put that aside in order to preserve that relationship. Um, And to each own. I'm not casting judgment on that, but like, man, when I hear those stories, I just think to myself, like, man, like, what could God have done in them and threw them on the mission field had they went, right? Um, Could there have been another person that could have joined them in that endeavor? Um, And so it's not enough just to say, okay, we're both Christians, so that's good, that is good, but do you have similar convictions? Do you agree on foundational theological issues? Right. Katie spoke last week about how important it was that she would marry someone who's egalitarian in their belief because someone that was on the opposing side of that view would not work out well. That was such a core conviction that she had from the Lord. Right. And so what are core convictions that you may have in your theology? Maybe there's a moral, theological issue that you disagree on with a potential partner. So you're gonna to have to consider how will we raise our children? How would we continue in this relationship? Would this be wise or would it be better for us to break things off now? So, data believer, absolutely. Pursue Jesus together. But as you pursue Jesus together, as you get into those deep and meaningful conversations, make sure some of your core values and principles are in agreement with each other. And number seven. If you have disagreements about those things, or maybe if you just don't like each other, break up, right? Um, As we consider the purpose of dating and being intentional, it would also be helpful to both of you not to put off breaking up just in order to avoid the awkwardness or not upset someone, right? It can be so easy to just want to like, endure through that and not make things awkward, like I'm a people pleaser so I understand like not wanting to cause conflict, but man it is so easier just to just to peel that band-aid right off and just break up if you need to. Clarity is kindness, even if they may not feel the kindness that clarity will be kind to them. For instance, um, two months into dating Julia, I'm going to chemistry lab one day and I get a phone call from Julia and I hear that something is wrong in her voice and i'm like hey what's up she's like hey what are you doing i'm like i'm just going to chemistry lab which i did not like i'm like paul um and she's like oh that's great i'm coming up to charlottesville we need to talk i'm like oh no that is not good so we had a conversation and julia said she wanted to take a break and I basically told her, just tell me you wanna break up with me. I don't want to do a break, like just break up. And so we broke up. Which was very hard in the moments for me and for her both. And I think what we would agree on looking back at this is uh, if you're going to break up with someone, please let them know why you're breaking up with them. That is a kind thing to do, clarity is kindness. Unfortunately for Julia and I, she did not do a very good job of explaining why she wanted this break. Uh, And no shame to her for that. Um, She might've not even known in the moment, but uh, thankfully that was a very, I mean, unfortunately that was a really tough time for me like not knowing, like, why do you want to break up? Did I do something wrong? Like, what can I, I I want constructive feedback. What can I do differently? What can I do better? Um, That did not come in that moment. God gave a lot of those answers later on as we pursued him, as I pursued him in singleness, but um, yeah, just know, if you're going to break up with someone for your own good and their own good, please let them know why as best as you are able to explain. Great. Okay, we'll come back to that later. Um, number eight. Well, actually, no, no, no. I said I was going to come back to something earlier. The reason why like we broke up, um, I mentioned earlier, we spent so much time with her family that Julia's family absolutely loved and adored me. And that was like really great. Like I'm trying to say it humbly, like that's that's great. But honestly, they loved me a little too much. Like they started talking with her. Oh, well, this guy, Hunter, he's, you know, whatever. Do you you think you could get married? Like, would you want to marry him? And like, they were asking these questions like after we have been dating for like a week or two. like, that just, that slow kind of like persistence from one of her parents just like, continued in a way where she's like, got the point where she's like, man, like, if my parents had their way, like, yes, Hunter and I would get married, but I don't know if I want that for myself. And like, I don't know if I wanna continue this relationship if I'm gonna be pressured to do so by my parents, right? And so that for us was kind of the tipping point to where we broke up for the first time. Julia needed the space for herself to process, like, do I actually want this? Or is this just something my parents want for me? And so it was a brave thing for her to bring up with me in that. I just didn't know that until many, many months later. Um, <laughs> needless to say, when we got back together, things were very intentional, very clear from the beginning. We still spent time with our family, not as much, but it was way better the second time around. So, sweet. Uh, number eight benefits of purity and guardrails. Okay, so scripture is pretty clear that we are to remain pure in our physical actions and also in. Our thought life, right? Talked a lot about that last semester um, in our series um, on the Ten Commandments. And so what's really helpful to have in relationships as you desire to remain pure, um, it's helpful to have guardrails. Right? If you think about driving a car, guardrails are there on the side of the road so that they keep you from falling off the mountain or whatever it is going on the other side of traffic, like they are there to save you in like the worst case scenario, right? But even think about the guardrails, like you, you don't wanna hit a guardrail with your car. I hope none of you have done that. If you have, please let me know that went for you if it's not too uh, difficult to share, but, but you don't even wanna get up against that guardrail. Like it will be um, an unpleasant occurrence, right? And so in relationships, it can be helpful to have guardrails. It's not really enough just to say, well, okay, we don't want to have sex before marriage or outside of marriage, so like, that's our guardrail. like, No, we need to like, actually back up a few yards, a few places from that cliff, right? Um, stick with the metaphor here. And so some helpful guardrails that um, we practiced for the most part and heard a lot of other people suggest that were really helpful for us may be helpful for you would be ones like this. Don't be alone in a room with the door closed with your partner, right? In dating. Like, like, it's just being alone in a room with the door closed is not a good sign, and it just often leads to things that aren't very pleasing and honoring the gut. So, if you can put a guardrail in there that says, We will not be alone in a room together with the door closed, that is great. Um, maybe another one to, again, state what may seem obvious would be this don't share a bed. Um, If you're going to watch a movie, why don't you just watch it on a couch, um, where you can remain vertical instead of horizontal, you know what I mean? That's another guardrail, let's just stay vertical with each other, let's stay upright rather than laying down beside or on top of one another. I'm not trying to get too descriptive here, but often you have to do when talking about guardrails. Specificity matters, clarity is kindness, right? Another one that maybe you won't think is such a big deal, but often can be, is making out, right? Um, Julia and I are married. Um, we did kiss and make out a few times before we were married, a full disclosure, right? Um, but, as we did that, and like later, listen, I know I'm not the only one in the room. So I can, like, but there came a point in our relationship where we like had this conversation where like we we can't do this anymore. Like. I know like, where I want to go when we start making out, and like this is just not helpful. And so we had to put that guardrail in place. and Say like, hey, we're gonna kiss, we're just gonna like, kiss like when we're saying goodbye, and it's only gonna be for a second or two. Um, and that actually benefited us tremendously in staying pure before marriage. And so, again, what may seem obvious may not always actually be that obvious. So, don't be alone in a room with the door closed, don't share a bed. Stay vertical as opposed to horizontal. Wouldn't recommend making out. You'll just be wanting more and more. Great. Um, Two more, we're almost there. Speaking of that, remaining pure, right? Why do we do this? It's because sex is a powerful and life-uniting act, and God's word is clear that it should only occur in the context of marriage. Right, it's so unfortunate how shows and media today and television and even songs, right? Like they have cheapened the way that we should view sex. Um, so many of the shows normalize hooking up to satisfy a craving or fulfill an urge. So many shows uh, normalize having multiple partners at a time. Uh, the Bachelor, Bachelor Red, right? Like that is just not helpful. I know a lot of people enjoy watching that, but if there's a reason why most of those relationships do not work out. Um, Euphoria, Grey's Anatomy. I don't watch any of these. These were some that Julia brainstormed. She did watch Grey's Anatomy for a while and she's like, actually, this is not good for my soul. Right? Some shows like New Girl or Friends normalize conversations about porn and masturbation. And it's like, no, these things are not helpful as you are forming your views and ideas about relationships. Oftentimes these things will influence us more. Than we would expect them to. Proverbs 5 6, speaking of adultery, says, She gives no thought to the way of her life. Her paths wander aimlessly, but she does not know it. And it goes on to say, Keep a path far from her. Do not go near her house unless you lose honor. Scripture says, Don't even go near adultery or sexual sin. It, like, don't even get close to it. Wisdom. Circle go back there one more time. <laughs> wisdom says it's important to know how they are in bed before you commit to them. Right? Why would you commit your life to someone if you don't know how they are in bed? Or, you know, sex is just a natural way of life. It's not that big of a deal. But wisdom from the Lord would say that sex is so fun and beautiful in the context of marriage. And it's like a fireplace. You want to keep the fire in the fireplace in order for it to be fun and enjoyable. At the moment that that fire is out of the fireplace, it spreads, it burns the house on fire. It might burn you on fire. Like, it becomes dangerous and undesirable. So keep the fire in the fireplace so that you can enjoy it to its fullest extent. Again, sex is a life-uniting act for a life-defining covenant. This is why regret is so tough, right? Like in sex, it's the literal, physical act of two becoming one. And so waking up in the morning regretting what just happened or who you were with can be so difficult because the two of you became one for a while. And when going through breakups, it is so much easier to go through them if you haven't had sex yet. Uh, It's still difficult, don't get me wrong, but it feels like, people say that when you you go through a breakup after having sex, it often feels like a divorce. Um, And So if you remain pure in this dating, it will be so much easier for you. In the right context, right, sex is beautiful, it's fun, it's exciting, and that context is marriage. The consummation of the marriage, but in the wrong context and outside of the context of marriage and covenant, um, it can be very harmful so one question that's good to ask ourselves is this. Has having sex or masturbating or watching porn, having oral sex, whatever it is, has this made my life better or more complicated? Has it made my life, has it made it easier or harder to follow Jesus? So keep that question in mind. Then the last point of our top 10 as we get ready to close this thing out. Is this question? Well, oh, I'm sorry, I have to do my notes. How much time to date before getting engaged? So this is the summary of this point. But again, there is no set formula, no set amount of time. But I would suggest, I encourage you, I believe wisdom would suggest, at a minimum, to take one trip together around the sun. Which would be one year, right? It takes time to move through this period called infatuation. Some of you may have experienced this, some of you may still be in this period of infatuation, some of you may be on the other side of it. Um, People suggest that infatuation can take anywhere from six months to a couple of years to move through. And infatuation is really like a deep sense of connection, mainly based on idolizing or idealizing someone else. Um, And it can almost become like a borderline obsession with someone. And this often happens like in every relationship when it first starts out. Like it's all the, the love at first sight we say, or like the butterflies, you're looking at things with the rose-colored lenses where like you are completely oblivious to anyone else's faults. You can only see the positive in them, right? Um, you can feel intense, It can be passionate beyond reason. Um, and so this is a phase that will exist in pretty much every relationship at some point starting out. Um, But it's important to move past this period um, because infatuation and love are a little bit different. Love also looks to celebrate differences and build a connection that allows both people to thrive as individuals. It may require intentional work and effort from each partner to come together, even amongst disagreements, um, in order to work towards a mutual goal. Love is a choice. Love is not just a feeling. It is a choice. And so, for Julia and I, infatuation lasted only about two months the first time, because that's how long we dated before we broke up, lol. Um, And we were broken up for about a year before we got back together, and that's a long story for another day, Um, but when we started dating again, we were very intentional. We were better with our communication. We really sought the Lord together. We put healthy boundaries about like how much time we spent with family and other people. Um, and we dated about a year the second time um, before getting engaged. And then we were engaged around nine months before we were married. Um, so that's what our timeline looked like, but it did take a while to move past the infatuation period. And something that can be helpful to move past infatuation is to have conflict, right? have conflict. Now I'm not saying you have to go and create conflict in your relationships but chances are sooner or later as you are dating you will have conflict with each other and that will be ultimately a good test to you to say to yourselves like how are we going to get through this thing together? Is it conflict that we have brought about to ourselves? Is it something the circumstances around us have brought up? Can we handle conflict together? Because as we consider marriage, as we consider the rest of your lives together in a relationship, there will be conflict and it will be absolutely pivotal for you guys to have great conflict resolution skills with each other. So if you're dating and you haven't had conflict yet, I would encourage you to keep dating uh, until you have conflict. Um, It would be a really good thing for you to go through. Um, it won't feel great in the moment, but it'll be a good indicator of, is this a healthy relationship, and is this one that should continue? Great. All right, so in closing, I just want to say, man, like, this is obviously not an exhaustive list. Um, this is 10 points, and I'm like, man, we could have done five, we could have done 10 more, we could have done, like, a whole another sermon on this, right? But I think that this list, and coupled along with what Katie preached last week, really hits at the bigger questions of dating, and gives us a good framework to work with. I don't want this to be like an an ending point for you, but I really want this to be like the start of a conversation, the start or continuation of a journey that you are on to honor God in all your relationships. And so, as we close, um, I'd encourage you, I'm not gonna have a response right now, we're already over time as I'm aware, and i think the response that would be uh, appropriate for this would take more than just five or ten minutes so i would encourage you to take some time this week to reflect on these points to reflect on this top 10. if you're currently in a relationship talk with your partner about this advice these tips if you're already following a lot of it with wisdom that is great if not you should have a conversation about what you may stop doing or what you might want to do differently as a result of what we talked about here tonight. Discuss how you can pursue God together and talk about whether marriage is something you're both considering someday in the future. Some of you may, may have to have some hard conversations. Maybe in some cases, breaking up would be what's best for you. Again, I don't have any particular person in mind, but this is just the reality of some of the situations that we may be in. There are so many different circumstances and situations and relationships represented in this room tonight. And so I can't list all the possible application steps for you or where to go from here, but I do encourage you to take these things to the Lord in prayer and thoughtful reflection. To sit with them throughout this week, maybe longer if you need, and then just be obedient to whatever God is leading you to do. So may we glorify God in our relationships, may we glorify Him in our singleness, and may we glorify Him in every season of our lives. Would you stand with me as we just get ready to pray and close in the benediction? Gracious God, we love you. We thank you, Lord, that, that you have a relationship with us, God. That you invite us to know the depths and riches of your love. And God, as you have created us in your image, Lord, that you create us with the ability to have relationships with others, God. Lord, I thank you for each and every person in this room tonight, God, and just pray, Lord, that you would speak to all of our hearts and show us, Lord, what would be the next step for us to take, God. Wherever we are, maybe in dating relationships, God, wherever we may be in our singleness, God, what is the next step that we should take in obedience to you as we surrender every part of our lives, including our relationships to you, King Jesus? God, I thank you that that we don't need any relationship, God, with any person to complete us, Lord, for it is you alone that completes us, Lord, for we are made in your image, God, for we are sons and daughters of you, our Most High King. God, thank you that you give us joy, that you give us love, that you give us hope, that you give us peace abounding, Lord, that no other person could ever give to us, God. So, Lord, as we get ready to move from this place tonight, I just pray that we would walk with wisdom that we would walk with you, God, and that we would just hold nothing from you, that we would be obedient to whatever it is you are calling us to do, that we would be bold, that we would not be afraid to do difficult things if that's what you're leading us to do. And God, would you lead us in your joy? You tell us that you have come, that we would have life and have it to the full, to have it most abundantly. So God, I pray that your life would just reign in and over each and every one of us. We love you, Lord Jesus, and we pray all this in your name. Amen. Now for the benediction, may the Lord bless you and keep you, May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he turn his countenance towards you, and may he give you peace, shalom, and love abounding and rooted in him as you follow him. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
1: Amen to those dudes. <laughs>